eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to Inside Carolina special special edition of a live reaction podcast, I guess we'll call it. Carolina's 2023 football schedule was released today. And, Buck, since you are the emeritus expert here, um, your thoughts. And and I'll lead by saying Mac was a little peeved today at the press conference to introduce Jason Jones um, and, and said basically that it was unfair and that we would see why. And if I'm totally honest, watching the reveal today, um, not quite sure I understand it. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I'm totally with you there, Tommy. The, the, you know, it's true that if you're closing the season with a, a very improved Duke team, we, we saw last year at Clemson and at NC state, that's a tough close to the season. I think you got two rivals and you have a really tough Clemson team. They're always going to be tough. Um, we just pencil that in, um, those three games, the close of the season, you, you could complain about that if you wanted to, but really why? I mean, until, uh, October 28th, when they play at Georgia tech, they will have played one true road game in that stretch. If I'm looking at it correctly, is that, Am I seeing that right? Uh, at Pitt on September 23rd, you're right. And and then they don't play another true road game until October 28th. Um, so, listen, if if um, what you need to do is to have an improving defense over the course of a season, having only one away game until October 28th is a – good place to start in my opinion i 
I, I'm not really sure what Mac was seeing that I don't see. Um, I know at Pitt, there's no, uh, you know, no day at the beach. And, you know, the start of the season, South Carolina in Charlotte, <clears throat> Appalachian State, Minnesota, even the App State and the Minnesota games being at home, still tough games. I mean, it's, it's not like they're playing – uh, our sisters of the poor in those first three games uh, out of the gate. So um, I, I don't really see what Max saw, but uh, you know there there are, there are uh, pressure points in that schedule that uh, North Carolina is going to have to deal with. So um, we'll, we could take it that way, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I mean, figure you got to beat Clemson one way or another to win the ACC championship. Might as well get them on November 18th um, and do it there. I don't, I don't know. At Clemson, at State, that's a little tough. You're right about Duke. But, Greg, I'll get in here first. Uh, we've talked about a lot, and we're going to kind of go around the room, pick, you know, and sort of break it down a little bit. But we've talked about a lot this past year, and in years past, Carolina's strength of schedule has been weak overall, um, at least not as strong as it could be. And last year's was certainly not a tough one. Um, where do you see this one in that sort of grand scheme of things? The out-of-conference is what it is, South Carolina, App State, Minnesota, and Campbell. Um, but is is this tough? Is this a tough schedule for North Carolina, in your opinion, compared to in the recent past? Uh, yes, it is. And I also think it's it's tough compared to the rest of the ACC, just because I think they have two legitimate non-conference opponents uh, in South Carolina and Minnesota. We can dive into those. And, of course, we know the the, the local rivalry, the, the kind of new rivalry with, with App State. And even though App State struggled last year, um, still, still a solid team, and we know what happened in Boone last September. Um, so I think it is a, a challenging schedule. I, I do think the fact that, that Carolina gets a, a bye week the end of September is nice. And then you've got the – Camp, you know, the uh, Campbell game, they're late before that, that tough closing stretch against Duke, Clemson, and NC State. Uh, technically not a bye week, but that's essentially a bye week. So I think in terms of the breaks, uh, you have some, some pressure release points, if you will. But in terms of the, the closing, I just want to make this point. Yes, Duke at Clemson, that state is tough. But let's look at Clemson, for example. Clemson closes the season at Miami, at NC State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Carolina, and now South Carolina. Duke is NC State, at Florida State, at Louisville, Wake Forest, at North Carolina, and then Virginia and Pitt. So there are a couple of these schedules in the ACC that are, that are really strong at the end. And I think that says a couple things. Uh, primarily, it says that there were some teams last year that kind of rose up. And, and Pitt had a good close of the season. Duke is the team everybody's talking about. Riley Leonard's coming back. Mike Elko did a great job. Uh, Louisville looked pretty good. They got a new uh, solid coach coming in that should help them get even better. So I just think you're seeing that the league uh, should be a little bit better this year than they were last year. We still don't know about Miami. Miami should be better. Uh, but then when you add in Florida State being tossed around as a top five team and Clemson's going to be Clemson, 
I just think the conference as a whole should be better, and that, that makes some of these closing stretches look that much more difficult. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, when I saw Max's comments, because I wasn't at the press conference, um, his exact comment, I copied it, was when you see the ACC schedule tonight, you'll see they didn't do us any favors. It's really, really difficult. We start tough and we finish on an unbelievably tough schedule. So I'm disappointed. After after hearing his comments, I thought we were going to get something where, like, the ACC was going to announce that, like, the Syracuse game got replaced with, like, a trip to Tallahassee and North Carolina had to play, like, Florida State. And then the actual schedule comes out and kind of like the point Buck mentioned, North Carolina doesn't leave the state of North Carolina more than once until week nine. Five of your first seven games are at home. For uh, for a team that's going into year five under Mac Brown and you have uh, – you have a, an established quarterback, a Heisman caliber quarterback in Drake May. The, the schedule talk should be like so far below it when like the, the ACC is not like the most daunting of, of conferences. Um, you, you still have a game against Campbell. Uh, Minnesota is replacing their star running back. I'm pretty sure Chase Bryce is, is finally out of eligibility at App State. Um, and I think, I think like when I'm watching Mac Brown's like post, uh, not post game, when I'm watching Mac Brown's press conferences, sometimes we talk about the, the, the program having like a culture problem. And I think that almost starts at the top when you have a head coach who's, who's kind of getting out ahead of the schedule release saying how disappointed he is with it when it's like, you're, you're going to play who you have to play after, after what I saw in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Like, I don't know if you could put a trip to death Valley anywhere in that schedule for me to feel comfortable about North Carolina's chances in that game and the gap kind of between those two programs. So um, I think, I think it's kind of kind of status quo when it comes to um, the schedule and um, it, it, it kind of left me feeling a, a little, um, disheartened when I heard, when I heard Max comments and then I saw the actual schedule come out. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. And especially um, Greg's point earlier about Campbell is a de facto second buy. Um, so, you know, I think that that's a pretty good shakedown. Jason, get in, uh, you know, selfishly as somebody that goes to Keenan stadium all the time, I don't like three games jumped up together, drummed up together, three home games, Syracuse, Miami, and Virginia. But otherwise, I mean, they don't get on a plane but twice all season. Unless they – I guess you could fly to – I don't know where you would go if you flew to Clemson. <laughs> Be faster to drive down there. But I, I, I'm just not seeing the, the worry. Jason, what do you think about Greg Vip Buck's comments? I mean, I, I'm – just part of the the chorus at this point uh pretty well agree with with everything that's been said the thing that i suspect that mac is so upset about is that the campbell game came before the duke game if yeah, i had to guess that's been set right yeah but if i had to guess he would have wanted the campbell game before the clemson game 
and feels like going Duke, Clemson, NC State is is borderline unfair, fully unfair, because he wants something. He wants a break before NC State. He doesn't want the you know the toughest team you're playing right before your rival. He wants it. He wants there to be a buffer there. That's my guess. If I'm you know looking at his comments. The, the only thing when I looked at this, I was like, well, geez, I mean, your non-conference is your non-conference. I mean, it's where you, you've been putting your non-conference up front. So, okay, that's on you. And, you know, App State is a team you should beat. I mean, yeah, they played you real close this year, but that's your responsibility to, to knock out the FC, the, you know, the quality FCS or uh, uh, Power 5 team. Sorry, the FCS team is uh, the 14th, uh, what, uh, October 14th. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so I missed that comment. I was like, no, I think it's actually November 4th. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, there's one on October 14th too. Um, but that, uh, that, that, that's my suspicion is that he would have wanted say the Duke in the, in the Clemson game flipped or the, 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 uh, uh, Campbell game somewhere a little bit different. But again, the Campbell game, as far as I know, was already set there. So, I mean, what are you going to do there? And I did see his comment that like South Carolina app and Minnesota is, uh, what did he say? That uh, as tough a non-conference schedule as anybody in the country has. And it's I did kind of. That, that, that North Carolina's ever played. I, yeah, I heard that as well, but. Yeah, I, I, I was like, as tough as anybody in the country has. I mean, you're talking about the third, the number three SEC East team, a group of five team. And I mean, it's a decent group of five team, but okay. And then the number four team in arguably the worst division in college football last year in, in, in power five uh, college football in, in the big 10 West. So how exact, I mean, look, South Carolina is a good team. Minnesota is a pretty good team, but we're not talking about playing LSU out the gate here. I mean, this is not, you're not playing Bama here. So these are games that if, you know, if you're, if, if North Carolina is going to be where, where Mac Brown wants them to be, these are games you've got to win. You need to win that opener against South Carolina. I mean, Tommy, I mean, I think coming into that game, you're, you're going to declare that a must win, aren't you? Absolutely. You got to win that game. If you want to be where you want to be as this pro as this program, you, you need, you should not be losing to app state at this phase of, of Mac Brown 2.0. And, you know, Minnesota is a quality program under, uh, you know, old row the boat, but at the same point, that's a team that, that all things being equal, you should beat that team. So, you know, I look at this schedule and you get through those and yeah, you know, you'll, then your openers pit, you know, maybe he would have wanted the open date before, before pit rather than Syracuse. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, that's a game that maybe, maybe make it a coin flip. Syracuse, Miami. I mean, at that point, I agree. Where where else are you going to put, say, the Clemson game and make this a lot easier on yourself? You want the Clemson game right before or after Miami? I mean, is that any worse than than State? I, I I don't see a whole lot that's unfair here or a problem. But again, everybody everybody, whenever schedules come out, tend to think that their schedules aren't aren't real friendly. Although I did see uh, Clemson. Uh, comment was uh, wow 10 games within two two and a half hours of the Clemson campus or, or no I'm sorry within two and a half hours of Charlotte 
Clemson plays 10 games within two and a half hours of Charlotte. So, I mean, that's uh that's real local and that's uh you know, that doesn't hurt you in terms of both the uh, less travel time on your bodies. And also in terms of recruiting your, your biggest area, that's, that's not, not going to hurt you, but um, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think that this is an unfriendly draw as it were. I, I think the biggest difference is it, it's a harder schedule than what you're generally going to get in the coastal. And now that the coastal's not there, I mean, that's, that's going to be a little different. Buck, I'll bring you in here. What, what are the highlights on this schedule for you? Um, you know, it's, I kind of like not seeing all the coastal mess all the time. Um, you know, Virginia Tech was fun to play and fun to go to, but your your personal highlights looking at the schedule book. And you're muted. It wasn't me this time, guys. I had to say it once. <laughs> uh. You know, I'd like to push back a little bit against Jason's comment there. Um, if you take Clemson off the schedule and substitute Notre Dame in there, how is it any different than any other schedule that North Carolina's played in the Coastal Division the last, you know, since 2008 or whatever? Uh, you, you still got, you know, NC State, Duke. Georgia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Pittsburgh, and then you got Syracuse instead of Virginia Tech. Maybe I mean there's not a lot of difference there. It's fair enough. Uh, if uh, you know North Carolina is playing Notre Dame instead of Clemson, and then you know in an odd year, uh, even when they were playing in the Coastal Division, they would pick up Clemson as a out uh, of conference team. I I don't as far as the ACC, I don't see a dramatic amount of difference there. Uh, if they were having to play Clemson and Florida State, you know, then we could talk and and Notre Dame, you know, maybe, but or add Louisville uh, in there, maybe. Yeah, uh, but uh, this year's schedule to me doesn't uh, is not a great departure from the normal uh, coastal division um, schedule. The the highlight and and one thing I really like about it is you got Pittsburgh on September twenty third. Much better situation than to go into Pittsburgh in November, um, mm-hmm. and, and so you know. And actually, uh, true confession time. I've never been at a away game at Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. mainly because those games are typically played in November, and I don't <laughs> want to go to Pittsburgh in November. <laughs> so there's a chance, some chance that I might go to Pittsburgh. It's the only venue in uh, the ACC I've never been to. Um, so I like that the, the fact that, uh, North Carolina plays Pittsburgh in September, um, you know, the, the Campbell, uh, game, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I understand that they tried desperately to, uh, move that game, uh, and weren't able to move it, uh, that they were trying to get that you know, towards the front of the schedule, and uh, but they were unsuccessful in doing that. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I would prefer for the for it to be Duke, um, Clemson, Campbell at home, and then NC State. If that that would be my preference, rather yep. than uh, have uh, have it Duke, Clemson, and NC State. That's 
again, you know, Duke and, you know, and for North Carolina, this is going to be an incredible test of whether they improve their physicality. Because whether you anybody realize it or not, the, the Duke-UNC game is always extremely physical. Uh, it's, it's considered to be one of the dirtiest games in NCAA. Uh, it, it is. I mean, that uh, they, they, I forget who it was. Uh, uh, They've written articles about it. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, as far as, like, if you're gauging it by, you know, personal foul calls and those kinds of things, the Duke-UNC game is one of the dirtiest in the NCAA. Clemson's going to be an extremely physical game, as we know. NC State's going to be an extremely physical game, as we know. So that close to the season, it, you know, the whole all the time we talk about the lack of physicality and with UNC and and uh, that that three game stretch there at the close of the year is really going to test whether or not they have stepped up that physicality piece of uh, the program, the culture. Uh, so we'll see. I don't mind the bye week being after uh, the Pittsburgh game. That mocks Knicks to me as far as where they put that. It's after four games. And then you got the Campbell game on November 4th. As Greg said, that's sort of a uh, de facto bye in itself. So, I mean, those are, those are what stick out to me in, in terms of looking at the schedule. Yeah, I'll tell you good. what sticks out to me is four – Away games. Yeah. True yeah. road games. Only, you know, four true road games. Four games outside. Four games. If you think about it this way, you only have three games outside the state of North Carolina. Oh. And then Clemson's right there. Yeah. I mean, you got two games outside the Carolinas, period. And that's, you know, Georgia Tech and Pitt. Those are the only games you play outside of the Carolinas. That That's... If I'm if I'm looking at that, I'm going. You know, I. I it, it makes the travel budget for NC for you I see inside Carolina much easier to handle. Uh, <laughs> just just saying. Don't forget, there's an Atlantis trip to cover some basketball in there too, Buck, around that Thanksgiving. <laughs> let me, let me throw this. We're going to uh, stop covering basketball. <laughs> let wow. me throw this up. Is Pittsburgh worth the plane ticket? to go watch a game there. I've never been to a Pitt Carolina game at Pittsburgh. What saith everybody? Greg, you like it up there, don't you? I love it up there. Uh, Pittsburgh is a, is a really cool city. Uh, I know everybody talks about it, so it's kind of cliche, but the way that you go through the tunnel and you come out and you're looking there over the rivers, and I don't even know what it's called now, but I still call it Three Rivers Stadium. It's just a fantastic entry point into the city. So it's a cool place. Uh, the basketball arena is really neat. Being able to you know, cover a game at the old Heinz Field. Uh, what is it, Accenture now or whatever it is? Acrisure. Yeah, they, uh, okay, I'll just go with the old Heinz Field. Um, is it not Heinz yeah. Field anymore? No. It is not. It is oh, not. Yeah. But it's a, uh, it's, it's a great place to watch a ball game. Uh, as, as we always joke, and you joke all fair, Tommy, yeah, this is typically a Thursday night game up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's one of the better places to watch a game for sure. Yeah, and, and that's one reason I've not been up there because it's on a Thursday and going up there for a Thursday. If the Steelers play on Sunday somehow at home, 
that's a heck of a trip if, if you can swing that and go that way. Uh, Vip, your overall thoughts. I'm looking at the uh, – this is one of my favorite things the, the with all the logos and all, and it's sort of – I'm trying to look across the league. But your thoughts on this Carolina schedule, I mean, let's go ahead and say it. You know, 9-0 and after Campbell. <laughs> I, I was going to give you my highlight of, of the schedule. Um, you know, I've, I've planted my flag as, as a 305 guy right now. Um, and my highlight of the schedule would have to be the Miami game, especially going away from the Coastal and the Atlantic. Now North Carolina only plays Miami two times in, in the next four years. There's something cathartic about seeing the U get thrown down to me, and it goes back to 2015 when it, when Marquise Williams started it. Um, I know it really boil, it boils the blood of a lot of Miami fans when when that happens. But, Wait, they're Miami fans? Come yeah. on, Petty, Mister yeah. Petty. Um, but you know, Miami <laughs> is don't a get program. Jason started on Miami. I oh, I'm I'm throwing gasoline for for Jason right now you've got a Miami program who uh, just fired their offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis a year removed from him winning the Broyles award Uh, you got the stories of Cristobal needing to get his guys into the program get the bad culture guys out you have Deion Sanders stealing all their commits Um, I am gonna miss we did this talk at the end of last season where we talked about what we were going to miss the most about the coastal division. And for me, what I'm going to miss the most is the, the yearly game against Miami. And it's been one that has favored North Carolina with, with UNC winning four straight. Um, it's, it's, it's a game where when we do the schedule talk, it feels like you could just pencil in a win as long as Mario Cristobal is coaching X's and O's on, on the other sideline. Um, so, so for me, it, the Miami game is is the highlight. Take take a look, by the way, at, at Miami's closing to the schedule. If if this had been North Carolina's close, Matt Brown would have a case here. <laughs> they, they close with North Carolina, right? So, and that's what at North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, at NC State, at Florida State, Louisville, at BC. They called them all. That that right there now, and that that's after Miami's already you know sort of worn through that you know off season hype that they live off of for that first month. So they're they're already going to be kind of fading into that month, and then they get North Carolina at Clemson, Virginia. Or I'm sorry, at North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, at NC State, at Florida State, Louisville in that stretch. That's that's going to be they're going to need real. a they're going to need a five and zero start to start the season because. Once you start to get to the North Carolina, the Clemson, uh, we, we know kind of their their front runner mentality where where they kind of shut it all down. Um, but you never know when when you're going to get a Middle Tennessee mixed up in there. Yeah, and then that that five and zero starts going to be tough because out the gate they've got a decent uh, Maryland, Maryland team and then Texas A and M, and that Texas A and M team is going to be good despite what they were last year. I mean, they were bad last year, but they had eight guys on their offense that were freshmen or sophomores. You're not going to be good on offense with that anywhere. All of a sudden, though, those guys suddenly are sophomores and juniors. Now you're talking, and they got a real quarterback. So now they're going like to be able to see what Texas A&M looks like when they when they're mad, playing mad. 
because I haven't seen that yet. But I'd I'd love to see what they look like if they're like really riled up. Yeah, because they have players. They just were super young, and all of a sudden, you know, they get a little bit older, and and that game for Miami might be a little rough in week two. Did uh didn't Petrino go there in the yeah. OC there? Yeah, yeah. I'll, Jimbo I'll hired somebody to call the plays that runs basically the same offense he does. I'll give them to I'll give A and M to the end of September before they implode. Yeah, they'll have the 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 the, the meeting rooms will be worth uh, putting some uh, spy uh, spy cameras in just to watch those interactions. But that first couple weeks they'll be pretty good. <laughs> Still one of the greatest memes in the history of college athletics, um, Petrino. Uh, Greg, <laughs> um, highlights of this schedule. I'm looking uh, across the board. I mean, North Carolina uh, avoided Notre Dame again this year. I like – you know, they could flip the Miami game to that September 30th and have the bye week later. But but what's your highlight here? What What, what is the tipping point for North Carolina in this schedule? I like this schedule, and Jason touched on this earlier. I think it's a good start to the season um, in that you know, South Carolina is, is a Power Five conference team, right? So I'm not quite prepared to say it's a name team, but it's a good team who had some good wins last year. And Shane Beamer's kind of got things turned around down there. If Spencer Rattler's coming back, they do lose a lot. Uh, but that is a good game that Carolina should be favored in. Uh, we know about App State. App State, my understanding is, I haven't really dived into them, they return a lot. Uh, I, and I don't think Chase Bryce is coming back at, at 32, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out with the waiver. Um, Minnesota, uh, yeah, I, I know that division is not great, but, I mean, that's a 9-4 and four team last year with, with a top 25 defense. Um, you know, it, it's, Minnesota, I think, is an interesting story because – uh, Tanner Morgan was the guy that they've they've really liked at quarterback for a long time. Uh, they've been waiting. I'm, I'm gonna butcher his name, but Ethan Kel Emacnanis. Yeah, Greek. you butchered it. Did that I butcher? Right. What is it? I have no idea, but you butchered it. I think it's pretty close, actually. <laughs> um, but anyway, he was the guy that they they've kind of been looking to for the future. And you know, Tanner gets hurt midway through the year last year. So he, he goes in and plays the last four games of the year as a starter. And while he wasn't great, you know, he, he got his feet wet. Uh, so I think Minnesota is a team that they lose some key pieces, but they've got some key pieces coming back. Uh, that That's, you know, P.J. Flex in the seventh year. I think that's a game that's going to be a, a good test for North Carolina. And then, of course, you guys know that I like uh, Pat Narduzzi. And I think, I think Pitt, once again, is going to be really good defensively. Um, they did lose some, some key pieces. They got some good pieces coming back. Uh, you know, Dracovic's coming in. I think he's a better quarterback for sure than Keaton Slovis was. So I think there's, there's three, maybe four games out of the gate that are games that Carolina probably should win if they're going to be a good team this year. But they could easily lose. And I, so I think it's good just in terms of we will know exactly how good this team is by the bye week. And um, it's not one of these years where we're waiting around until a big game comes around in October to say, okay, are they legit or not? We should know that very early this year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. That's a, a a great point there, because um, we've said that the last couple of years is we don't know how good they are until they play X or they play Y. And you're right, they've got um, three P5 games and one good G5 game in there to open the season. I just think you got to win them. I, I mean, you can't. I, I was kind of blown away about the about the complaining about the schedule, um, but it sort of is what it is. You got to set the narratives early. Um, Buck, looking across the conference, and I don't know how much you've looked at it. I'm trying to find like my game in the conference that I'll pay attention to, not Carolina. What about Wake Forest at Notre Dame with Sam Hartman? Speaking of 32 year old <laughs> quarterbacks, Sam Hartman playing Notre Dame up there. That's that'll be a heck of a matchup. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting matchup, but I, probably the one that jumps out to me on the schedule, and, and for reasons that uh, probably uh, the ACC for once in its existence was media savvy about, is that Florida State and Clemson play each other early. Um, and there are no other marquee games uh, nationally, you know, uh, when they play each other. So, that that weekend, uh, the ACC is going to get all the eyeballs uh, because you know that that game is, is also set up to be sort of a um, uh, preview to what will be the ACC championship game. Uh, although, just throwing this out there, is Clemson going to get to the ACC championship game this year? Do we know that for sure? I'm not. I don't think we know for sure whether either of those teams is going to do it. Yeah, but still, uh, I, I'm just saying that um, the the savvy part about if if maybe uh, the ACC did this through just dumb luck, but which would probably be the best guess. But uh, having Florida State and uh, Clemson play each other that early, um, and and they'll be dominating. That'll be the dominant game that weekend nationally. Um, that's that's what stuck, struck me as far as uh, the ACC schedule overall. I think that also my suspicion is in the ACC office, they were probably looking at that and going, those are probably your most likely ACC title game uh, matchup. That's probably your most, most likely uh, pairing. You don't want them playing twice in three weeks, something like that, or twice in a month. You want to let that, first game go and then let things build and build for another few months and the loser of that you know ideally if you're the if you're the ACC ideally you want your two biggest brand teams 
to face off there, have a really hard fought game where one of them loses and then climbs back up in the rankings by the end of the year. So that either the team that won the first matchup wins another impressive game against a highly ranked team in the, in the, uh, in the championship, or if you have, then that reverses in the championship, they're both way up there because the other one's climbed up and it, you know, you've got a shot at potentially getting two teams in, you know, or at least you're, uh, you're, you're maximizing the chance of getting one team in with, with a loss. So I do think that was smart scheduling on the ACC's part, just in terms of thinking about, look, if, if you're going to get a team in with one loss, you want that loss to be as early in the season as possible. So, you know, that's a, that's a factor there. Now, of course, easier said than done for Florida state to even get to that game with one loss. Cause I mean, they opened the season with LSU. So, uh, you know, that that's, you talk about a tough three, a uh, tough stretch to open the season LSU uh, what LSU, Mississippi state at Boston college at Clemson. That's a, uh, that's a tough first month for, for folks down in Tallahassee. Where do you see Mississippi state on that schedule? Or is that is that Bethune? That's Bethune. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, the the graphics. Yeah, okay. Sorry. It's a very similar uh, graphic. Um, but LSU, Bethune, then uh, Boston College, and then at uh, at Clemson. So you know, three of the first four weeks, LSU at BC at Clemson. And the issue, the thing that actually sticks out to me about that is at Boston College, followed by at Clemson. You're not getting in until late from from Boston. Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting kind of a late start on your treatment and your and your week for that preparation week and then you got to go on the road so you're leaving on thursday so you get a little less prep that week for for clemson you got to be mindful of that planning as a coaching staff there yeah tommy two two notes i wanted to just throw in here real quick uh duke i think is interesting because i I think we all agree that uh they don't really lose much and they won nine games last year really close strong and their schedule sets up uh very unique because you clemson to start the season is tough then they got three winnable non-conference games, and then Notre Dame will be tough. Uh, so if, if Elko is able to coach these guys up properly and kind of keep their head in it, they very easily could be three and two going into mid-October. And we don't really have a good gauge of how good they actually are, unless they just get smoked by Clemson and Notre Dame. But if they're at least competitive in those games and, and three and two going into that NC State game on the 14th, uh, Maybe they have an opportunity to kind of make a late charge. And I think I think that'll be interesting to watch. And then the other part is uh, going back to Pitt. I, I keep harping on Pitt. But in terms of uh, maybe the easiest road schedule in the ACC, Pitt's up there. I mean, they're at Virginia Tech, at Wake. I'm not sure what Wake's going to look like without Sam Hartman and some of those uh, ninth-year players. Uh, at Syracuse, which I don't think will be any good. And then they close the season at Duke. And then BC's at home. Of course, Florida State's going to be tough. Louisville's at home. That's going to be tough. And then Carolina. So uh, I think I think their schedule is favorable if they can hold serve at home and 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 do pretty well on the road. Yeah, but that stretch for Pitt, where you go Louisville at Wake Forest at Notre Dame, Florida State, is going to be rough. That 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 month, for sure. that four weeks is going to be that's their season right there. Yep. Uh, by the way, I, I was I. I I should have said Southern Miss. So that was the logo that I was, I was thinking, I was looking at. It's LSU Southern Miss for, for Florida State for those first two games. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? What are you yeah. looking at? But yeah, Vip, what's, what's your eyeball game not Carolina related in this conference? Uh, it would have to be uh, Florida State at Clemson. 
Um, I think, I think like, like everybody else kind of mentioned, it's, it's a preview of the most likely ACC championship. Um, and it, it's from, from watching how the teams kind of performed in the bowl games. Um, I thought, um, Florida state, I, Florida state is just a, an impressive team, uh, for the most part. And they're bringing a lot of talent. They would be my pick right now to, to be the ACC champions. Um, so seeing them go on the road early in the season, that's going to be a, a good test when that's probably going to be, uh, I think they play on Sunday to open the season against LSU, right? Yep. Jason, in yep. Orlando. Yep. Sunday. Yeah. That, that might be one where I try to do a road trip up on Saturday, UNC, South Carolina and Charlotte. And then, uh, head out of Charlotte pretty late and, and do that on the way back um, because I, I'm pretty high on, on this Florida state team and, and think they have a, a good shot. Um, and then Clemson, a lot of people talk about Clemson in, in their down years. Like I, I would kill for some of Clemson's down <laughs> years. Um, Dabo kind of joked about that in the ACC championship. Uh, somebody, somebody asked him about it and he was like, our down years, like we're still going to the ACC championship. We're still, you know, running teams out, out of buildings in the ACC championship. Um, so I, th- I think the the talk of Clemson's demise is uh, a bit over-exaggerated with the talent that they're getting. Oh, and they're also bringing in, uh, you know, pretty proven offensive coordinator to change things there in Garrett Riley. So, I mean, that that's a major change in terms of what they're doing offensively and moving into some, some stuff that I think will be more effective – for what they do. So I've got a couple questions for the, for the group here. Uh, one's short answer. The other one's a little bit longer, but uh, this is the, the first year of the, the three, five, five full conference schedule where we're no longer in divisions, which I think is unique. And it really seems like over the last 15 years, uh, when we talk about the coastal and part of it's because it's the coastal is that, you know, if you can get to six and two in the conference, you got a pretty good chance of winning the coastal. Does that still hold? Do you do you think a team can go six and two? Can Carolina go six and two, and feel pretty good about their chances for the ACC championship game? And beyond that, what do you think about the new setup? That three five five with the the whole conference playing together without there being divisions. But go ahead. Well, um, I would start by – I'd have to go back and look, but just uh, going on uh, my aging memory, I would say there's been very few teams where you've had – very few times where you've had a ACC title game featuring an 8-0 champion and a 7-1 champion. Uh, you know, uh, I think I that's probably, probably very, very rare. Uh, so it's probably much more likely you've got a seven and one uh, in the past. It's been seven and one or eight and zero, oh, and then six and two in the other conference. So I think if you can get to six and two, that's you probably got a pretty good shot um, to get uh, into the ACC title game. Um, and as far as the uh, the way they have changed the schedule, how I feel about that. Uh, like I said, you know, you substitute out Notre Dame for Clemson in this uh, schedule. 
and there's nothing that jumps off the page there that makes it a lot different than other schedule ACC schedules that North Carolina's had. Um, so uh, I, I really don't see that great a difference this year. I think there's a potential down the road that there you will see some schedules that look very much different to us. But uh, as far as uh, next year's schedule, um, playing uh, Notre Dame or playing playing at Notre Dame or playing at Clemson to me is pretty much a wash uh, in, in some cases. So um, the rest of the schedule looks, you know, very very similar to what we looked at in the past. Indeed, it does. Greg, you had a uh, I I like, and I don't know if this answers your question directly. Last time Carolina played at Clemson, what year was it? Anybody know off the top of your head? 2014. 14. 14. So nine years ago. And and I kind of missed that stuff um, with conference expansion, teams not playing each other or not going around and and, and playing. So I kind of like the setup in that regard. Um, you know, the unbalanced schedules are tough. You know, when some teams miss Florida State and Clemson or, or miss the – good teams of the bunch in a certain year. I'm not sure how, you know, to use max term fair that is, but it, it sort of is what it is. Greg, what's your other question? And it does it involve numbers. Cause if it does, I'm, I'm out. No, just those two in terms of, you know, can Carolina get to the title game at six and two uh, and to, and to Buck's point, I was just looking uh, the history of the, the coastal versus the Atlantic. Uh, the only one time, has both the Coastal Champ and the Atlantic Champ been undefeated? That, of course, was 2015, Carolina and Clemson. And I think there's another one where Virginia Tech and FSU were both 7-1. and one. But it is rare for, for there to be two great teams in the ACC, which uh, – How many times, I, though, have there been, have there been uh, a one- or two-loss team in the Atlantic – so, uh, so at zero recently not uh last let's see one two last 10 years there's not been so there's not been a uh two law a one loss team finishing second in the atlantic in the last 10 years probably since 2014 is my guess well, yeah i mean the last last team let's see 2011 clemson was six and two that was the last time a champion had two losses well no, 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 I, no, I'm I saying, so when was the last time second. that the second that, that the number two team That's in the atlantic had one had one loss like when under the new way yeah under the new way of how many times would the coastal division champion not been in a championship game if it had no division and right. that's kind of where i'm going with this is that in the, like 2014 question. clemson lost to to florida state uh early in the year in tallahassee and then was the better team probably by the end of the year uh with deshaun watson uh but that uh that year, I think they would have rematched regardless. Uh, I can't think of a bunch since then. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that, that is a very, very good point. It's worth looking into. But my suspicion is that if, Nor- if North Carolina finished 6-2 and two and one of those six wins was on November 18th uh, at uh, Clemson, Clemson, then I think they'd, I think they'd make it. Mm-hmm. That's we'll my see. suspicion. But it would be it would depend on who those six wins are and those two losses. I mean, I think that's the that's the thing. I think you can make the ACC championship game with two losses under this format, 
as often as not, as long as you beat the right teams and you end up with the tiebreakers. That's the key. Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, and to go back to Greg's question, I like the the three five five model. Um, it was a point that you were kind of getting at, Tommy. Um, for the for the student athlete experience, you you lose the yearly games against Miami and Virginia Tech, but over the course of four years, you go you have the chance to go to every ACC stadium, which I think is is really cool for for players that you know, maybe wouldn't normally get the, the chance to travel um, throughout the throughout the country. And then uh, can UNC get to six and two in, in the ACC if that's the benchmark? The reason you'd say yes, Drake may. The reason you'd say no, the defense. Uh, so it's kind of seeing um, how those two can kind of balance out. And it's somebody in the chat was asking if if – you thought UNC could get to the ACC title game. And it, it's hard – if you're making picks right now, it's hard to pick UNC to get there just knowing what we saw from the defense last year. And you would have to see some major improvement once games start because I think we're, we're all past the point of whatever whatever people are saying publicly uh, before the games start. It, it's time to see kind of uh, results on the field before – before you have some kind of confidence in this UNC team as a whole to to get to places where Florida State and, and Clemson seemingly are right now. Yeah, and Tommy, to answer Jason's question, uh, 2000, 2012, FSU and Clemson were both 7-1. They would have played. 2013, FSU was 8-0. Clemson was 7-1. They would have both played for the title. And then in 16, Clemson and Louisville were both 7-1. Very so, good. so yeah. three times since yeah. division started, would the championship game have been different? Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think it would have been different in a couple other years, maybe depending on tie breaks with the two loss yeah. Atlantic, but those were the clear ones. Oh, yeah, One yeah. thing I'm going to toss in there is the dark horse, I think, to make the uh, ACC title game is, is Louisville. And sure. just because of scheduling. So yeah. Louisville, Louisville dodges both Florida State and Clemson. You look at their schedule, they open at Georgia Tech, then I'm not even sure who that logo is, which tells you all you need to know. Uh, then at Indiana, Boston College, at uh, NC State, Notre Dame, which doesn't count as a, as a conference game. So even if they lose that, that doesn't hurt them. At Pitt, open, Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia, at Miami, and then Kentucky. That's a very winnable schedule. I mean, there, there really aren't any games in there that you look at talent-wise for, uh, for Louisville other than that Notre Dame game where you're like, well, they're just outclassed there. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of – I mean, you guys know I think a lot of Jeff Brom is a coach. So, I mean, that's a very friendly schedule for a first-year staff with Jeff Brom. I'm not sure they're good enough to get there, but the schedule is certainly friendly enough to give them every advantage there. Yeah, the team were... in question was Murray State. <laughs> Thank the you. Racers. The Racers. The Racers, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Boston College, Louisville, and Virginia all dodge Florida State and Clemson. Yeah. No, because and... no, Boston College has Florida State. So, Louisville and Virginia, they're only two teams. That... And Virginia ain't getting there. So Yeah, Virginia opens at Tennessee. So <laughs> Yeah, Virginia's <laughs> opening month at Tennessee, at Maryland, and then NC State. 
and JMU is good. JMU's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and JMU as their game, their their recovery from Tennessee, they may well open zero and four. That's yeah. that's tough. That's a tough tough slate. Really tough to draw JMU in game in week two. No <laughs> Brandon Armstrong either. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that and and yeah, and of course when they when they do have when they do welcome NC State, it's Armstrong's return to us. Wow. Hensel. That's going. That's what it was going to be wild. I asked today. We had um, Jason Jones introductory stuff, and uh, also got to talk to the transfers. And I asked Nate McCollum, Georgia Tech guy, like, "What's it going to be like when y'all play Georgia Tech?" He was like, "That's going to have some juice to it." And, and then I asked Amari Gaynor, same thing, Jason, and uh, you know, he said, "I'll treat it just like any other game." I'm like, come on, man, you've been there five years. This is going to be he was like just another game. Uh, that's and, and the thing. The thing about it. Is, He's telling the truth. Th- when you when you when you heard him say it and you looked at him in the face, did you not believe him? Yeah, and, and I, I the, well, I couched it this way: first weekend in December, Carolina and Florida State are playing for the ACC championship. What's going on in Amari Gaynor's head? And he was like, "Got to win a championship. It's just another game." You know, I love my brothers, blah blah blah. But so it was interesting. It was an interesting discussion with some of those guys. It's the new new world order. A lot of people wanting us to do the football postmortem. Um, some really morbid I, people out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of like it is what it is at this point. I think Jason Jones is an upgrade in the coaching arena um, in the cornerback's room, and, and we can debate the rest of them. But um, I will say this. I have no idea what will ever happen, but I remember last year um, everybody thought the coaching staff was set and then at the last possible minute, it's changed. So we'll talk about it eventually on this podcast. Anything less? Buck, give us some uh, – is 2023 the year for North Carolina? Oh, you're never going to get me to go there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> must win, Buck. Must win. No, 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 15-0, Buck. 15-0. and 0. Yeah, that's a Tommy Ashley kind of move there. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, he's always uh, been the eternal optimist, Tommy. Realistic well, it, fan. Actually, thing. he's not been, <laughs> exactly. but nobody understands that. Uh, the, the good news for me is nobody on this panel or anybody else that joins us is going to have to predict the Virginia Tech game next year because <laughs> <laughs> there's not going to be one. So. That's the great news for me. Um, I can't get the Virginia Tech game wrong next year because we're not playing them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, as far as predicting what the record is going to be uh, at this point, uh, no, uh, you're not going to, you know, no amount of cheese on the cracker is going to get me to uh, <laughs> make make that prediction at this point. Eight and one going into going – into, uh... The Duke game. There you go. There you have it, folks. Set your uh, bettings accordingly. Um, yeah. I think I, I was right until the wheels fell off last year. So, we'll have to do that podcast. <laughs> we're, we're you, were, you were right until you what? Yes, right. Until the rambling wreck. Get it? Wheels fell off. That, that oh, wheel, Lord. Fall over that wreck. Uh, Vip, anything to close us? I don't have anything. So, how's Miami? Uh, life update is is Miami much different than the grand state of North Carolina? Uh, no, not that much different. I would say I picked a good time uh, to move in in January in the middle of winter. Um, we'll we'll see how the summers get. It's going to be hot. I might I might be I might be traveling. 
Oh, it is so it is so nice down there in the summer. <laughs> Jason, Lee. I have a pool. I have a pool at the my apartment. So pool parties well, over here. I talked to uh, somebody we also interviewed today, Tom McGinnis, the Australian punter that's in town. Just got in town a couple of weeks ago. I was like, "What's the difference in Australia and Chapel Hill?" And he says, "Not that much difference, except kangaroos replace deer." Is <laughs> what people dodge on the roads. Anything? Uh, anything left, Greg? Oh, there's plenty left, but we don't have to t- talk about it tonight. We, we've got plenty of time to talk about that in the months to come. Give us a tease. We all got it. It has been fun. Buck, Jason, I'm not going to ask you, Jason. Um, I want to get out of here before 1030. All I would say is, uh, is Amari, Gain- Amari Gainer is that way, day in, day out. Every day is a business day. Yeah, folks need to check out um, all those interviews. They'll all be posted. Um, I filmed the Elijah Huzzy one, so if I'm a little bit close and the video's not great, it's on me because um, I'm not used to holding the camera and trying to talk to somebody. But everybody else, Ross and Adam and Nia, did some work today, and uh, we'll have all that stuff up in the week to come. Worth watching some new blood at Carolina in addition to all the freshmen. And Jason Jones pretty solid, too, as well. New High discipline. High discipline. I have discipline. I got you. Let me get out of here. Welcome in to the close of the Inside Carolina Special Podcast. 2023 schedule released. Carolina looking at ACC championship game. Uh, Possibly. We'll see. Greg, Jason, Vip, Buck. I'm Tommy and Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Thanks, fellas.